0: as we dive into our talk for the day. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we give you all praise and honor. We invite you now to work in this service, to touch each of our lives, to help us to know you better, to help us to just, to be ready to follow you better, to have a sense of your presence and guidance uh, throughout everything that we do. As we encounter the uh, account from Matthew of your birth, Lord Jesus. Let it impact each of our lives. Lord, we pray that you'd be with our Christmas Eve services. We pray for all those planters, uh, just ordinary people around the world uh, in village after village gathering 20, 15, 20 people uh, who come to faith in you and starting churches. Lord, we pray that we would be involved in that effort to start churches around the world. And then, Lord, we too pray for all the people that have unique needs that are gathered here this morning. We know there always are challenges. There always are events happening in our life. So we invite you to uh, meet people where they are today. We invite you now to take my words and the scripture that I'll read. And impact each of our lives so that we would leave here uh, better equipped and prepared to live for you and to serve you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, sometimes uh, people ask me about how did the Highlands Church uh, start? And if you don't know me, my name is Paul Johnson. I'm the lead pastor at Woodridge down in Medina and uh, the interim lead pastor here at the Highlands. Um, I I could take you back to the decisions that were made at Woodridge in order to see the Highlands start. But you know, if I had to take you all the way back to when I think the Highlands first got started in terms of the DNA of who we are, I would take you back to a singular act of faith that happened in August of 1975. And it involved my fiance at that time, Darla Sundell, and a call that I made to her um, in the middle of August, two weeks before our, our wedding. I'll tell you about Darla's act of faith because Darla was by nature a cautious, deliberative, and careful person. Um, it would what she decided to do would have been out of character, unexpected. But I want to tell you too that the year before that, both our dads had died in their forties. We're getting married at twenty. Our uh, uh, our moms think it's crazy and. Uh, I'll explain the rest of that story at the end of this talk as I unfold to you the Emmanuel mystery and today in particular, the dilemma of a righteous person, that righteous person being Joseph. Look at what it says in Matthew 1, 18 and uh, beginning at verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came about. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Can you think of, as a guy, what could be much more crushing news than finding out that your fiancé had been unfaithful? See, the custom in Jewish uh Uh, marriages at this time is when you got engaged you were considered married and if you were going to break that off you would have to give the man would have to give a certificate of divorce the, the couple would stay apart and they wouldn't talk to each other for a whole year. That's where the custom of a best man and maid of honor came about. And they would go back and forth between the, the, the future wife and the future husband and share what they had to talk about. Mary, in all likelihood, would have passed on the news of her pregnancy through a close friend who went to Joseph and said, Mary is pregnant, but she is pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, you need to know, nobody had heard about the Holy Spirit. It's mentioned a few times in the Old Testament. But this wouldn't have been common knowledge. Uh, Joseph wouldn't have gone, oh, well, that explains it. It was the Holy Spirit that got her pregnant. It wasn't some other guy. Um, He's left with even more questions. Is Mary lying to me on top of being unfaithful to me? But because he was, as it says, a just or righteous man. He thought about it. He didn't just react. And instead of choosing the extreme option, see the extreme option. And Jesus confronts us when a woman is charged with adultery. And uh, Jesus is brought in and all the Jewish men have stones in their hand to stone her. Now that's not the law of the Old Testament. That was the Jewish law and custom. That adultery could be penalized even by being stoned to death. Joseph doesn't want that. Instead, he thinks, I'll quietly give her a certificate of divorce and we'll get on with our lives. Joseph is someone seeking to do what he would see as what is best and right and true. But then, the angel of the Lord God Almighty appears to Joseph in a dream. Do you have dreams? I have dreams. I had two or three dreams last night. I didn't believe a lick of what I dreamed, just so you know. Uh, When I dream, I kind of assume that it's some exaggeration of something that happened in my life, um, and I don't base my future decisions based on a dream. But in this dream, Joseph hears from God through an angel and is told, Joseph, don't be afraid. See, Joseph was caught up with uh, an intellectual understanding of what was impossible. There's no way that Mary could be pregnant through the Holy Spirit who I've never heard of. And all of that caused in him a gripping emotional fear. And the angel goes, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It is a work of God. And you have been chosen to join God in something that is absolutely amazing. And Joseph doesn't respond like a just and righteous man. That would have been to give Mary a certificate of divorce. Instead, he takes her as his wife, even when it makes him the laughingstock of, Of his village. Joseph doesn't do what's right and acceptable. In everyone else's eyes. Instead he courageously chooses to follow God. Joseph was walking by faith. Not just by sight. You know what I find a lot of people do. Is they they will walk by faith. As long as it makes sense. They will walk by faith as long as they see it in advance. Do you know what I mean? If there's a plan, if you can see it, if if things look good, then you'll say, I'll obey God and I'll walk by faith. If it makes sense, if it's reasonable, uh, if, if, if it fits in how I view life, then I'll follow after it. Joseph just goes, no, God, I will do what's unexpected. I will do what... Uh, disrupts my life. I will do what's challenging in every way. If it means following after you. Now, now, do you think that's just for Joseph? You know, it's interesting in the new Testament book where Paul writes to the Galatians, he says these words in Galatians 525, since we live by the spirit. In other words, when you put your faith in Jesus, when When in any of these places, little villages, someone goes to a village and they've never heard about Jesus and people in that village put their faith in Jesus. It's a work of the Holy Spirit, a a work of the Holy Spirit that cooperates with us and, and our own faith. When you first put your faith in Jesus and when you walk with Jesus, All of that is a work of the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, Paul goes on and he says, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You know that word for keeping in step with the Spirit? There were two images where that was used. One was when soldiers would march in unison, often just hearing the Roman uh, soldiers march into a community would cause the enemy to scatter and abandon their defensive positions and then the other way that it was used was when a dance was done step by step by step in careful uh, choreography of something that was beautiful do you hear what that's saying the holy spirit is ready to lead and guide you throughout your life, step by step by step. Uh, in Aspen Grove, we talk about that from a, a discipleship material we learned as hearing from God and believing it into action. Hearing from God. You read the scriptures and you hear from God. You believe it into action. You you have a a prompting that comes into your mind. A friend tells you something. You sense that it's from God and you believe it into action. You're praying and in the midst of your prayer, you gain gain a perspective on something you should do and you believe it into action. You're you're praying and you go, you know, I'm not the dad that I want to be. And right away, when you think about it, I need to change the amount of time I spend with each kid. I need to give them more attention. And you start to change. You believe it into action. That's the standard way that Christ followers grow in their faith. They hear from God through the Holy Spirit, and they believe it into action. What happened to Joseph? He's really the, he really starts this pattern of hearing from God, he and Mary, of hearing from God and then believing it into action. The uh, Jesus' birth was an example of his upside-down kingdom, uh, a kingdom of love, a kingdom of forgiveness, uh, a kingdom of servanthood. It was unexpected, inconvenient, and a work of God. And Mary and Joseph are involved step step by step in an upside down kingdom step by step by faith in an unexpected inconvenient work of God see Jesus always creates a dilemma for everyone in the book of Matthew if you read the whole book through this is a theme that Matthew's gonna create where Jesus does something or Jesus says something, and for everyone that hears it, it creates a dilemma in our lives. Jesus creates dilemmas in our lives where we're forced to choose what comes natural versus what comes supernatural, where we're forced to choose between what makes common sense and what makes spiritual sense, where we're forced to choose between going our own way and going the way of God, where we're forced to choose from what is easy and simple and convenient and what God actually has for us. You know what impresses me the most about Joseph? He just did it. He heard from God. He didn't debate about it. He he knew it would be hard. He, he, He knew people would be laughing behind his back. He knew it was a terrible way to start a marriage. But he just did it. Joseph acted on what God said. Joseph had what I like to call an I will faith. I know lots of people that have faith. But it's a a faith that sort of goes, I'll wait and see. Joseph had an I will faith. If God says it, I will do it. If God says it, I will follow. Joseph and Mary become pivotal people of faith. They get to experience um, the birth of the Savior. They get to carry and see and be with the savior of the world. But all of it comes in the unexpected. In all of it comes in their willingness to trust God, even when it was hard. See, for them, it's, it's not obeying God in something. But choosing to say, I'll obey God in everything. Even if it's inconvenient. Even if it's unexpected. Even if it's hard. Even if it's misunderstood. So that brings me back to 1975. I can still see uh, the bedroom where I was staying. Darla and I had just finished our... uh, uh, junior years at uh, Bethel University we were home for the summer in Green Bay Wisconsin we were going to get married on August 30th like I said our moms thought that was crazy we we're going to go back finish up our degrees uh, go to seminary someplace we had big dreams and big hopes that we were anticipating we going was going to happen in big cities And over the summer, I'd asked our home pastor, I'd become a Christian at 17, um, if there was any way I could help out. He said, well, there's this little church plant that's trying to get going in Shawano, Wisconsin, about 30 miles west of Green Bay. Shawano in the Menominee language means to the north. And there's a big lake there, Shawano Lake. And so I went out and I I worked and I visited people. I did Bible studies. I... uh, did some messages. And it was August and they had invited someone to come uh, to see this little core group of about 20, 25 people that had gathered together in the basement of an Odd Fellows Hall. Worst building you could ever imagine to to meet in. The basement of an Odd Fellows Hall. Uh, uh, it, It would reek of cigar smoke. And then a lot of the odd fellows were older people. So every so often, every picture in the place would have uh, sort of a black linen over it, meaning someone else had died. There was a, a whey plant that was nearby and they-, they ran a tube from the whey plant because that would provide heat. So in that little room, it was like about 85 degrees uh, if you were standing up. And it felt like about 50 degrees if you were sitting. So when I would speak to people, I would be profusely sweating while everyone else was shivering and putting their coats on. That came in the winter after we decided to stay. But they had called someone to come to be a for real pastor for them. And I was there. And the guy did a nice message. We stood outside of the building. The district leader was there and they asked him just i I thought this was sort of an odd way to do a job interview but they said would you come and be the pastor he goes oh no 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 i wouldn't come here not in the world uh you got 20 30 people this is this is high risk i'm i'm looking for something that's a little more secure in this and then he said but what about the kid they like the kid and he's pointing at me why don't you ask the kid to stay and I went home and I was telling Darla about this. And she said, well, what if they did ask you? I said, Darla, first, they're not going to ask a 20-year-old who became a, a Christian at 17 to be the pastor of this church. But beyond that, we've got big plans. And none of them involve a town where, or a county where there are more Holstein cows than people. And here I am in my bedroom. And Elmer Johnson calls me up. and goes, Paul, we're going to have to shut the Shano site down. Unless you and Darla would agree to come for one year and pastor it. I said, Elmer, I'll, I'll call Darla. I don't know what to say. I'll pray and I'll call Darla. And I called Darla up, I explained. I said, I don't know what we should do. It's not what we were planning to do. Would you pray and call me back? And she prayed. About 10 minutes later, she called up. A 20 year old girl, two weeks from her wedding, Totally different plan. And she goes, sure. Let's do it. That's how the Highlands started. The faith of Daryl is saying, let's do it. Because we planted a church and then we planted another church and we planted another church. And when it came time to either spend more money at Woodridge because you can always spend more money, right? You can always do something bigger and better at the place you're at or start the highlands. It was an easy decision. It was in our DNA. You know what I pray for you? As a church and as individuals, that right to the core of who you are, You would do what's unexpected and say yes to God no matter what. Will you stand? I'm going to pray and then our team is going to close our service with some beautiful Christmas songs we can join in. As you're praying, just think about some area. Maybe maybe something you're afraid of. Maybe something that's challenging. Maybe something that's difficult. Maybe something that you sense God wants you to do and you've been resistant to doing it. And right now in this prayer, mouth the words silently while I say them out loud. Sure, let's do it. God, sure, let's do it. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we want to hear from you, from your word, from times of worship, from times of prayer, We want to obey your word. We want to prioritize acting on what you say, hearing from God and believing it into action. We want the kind of faith that Joseph had that, that acted on what you said. Lord God, we pray now that we would hear from you and that our response would be, sure, let's do it. God, sure, let's do it. God, sure, it's hard. Let's do it. God, sure, it's unexpected. Let's do it. Yeah, God, sure, it, it, it's not what I had thought things were going to turn out. But let's do it. God, sure, it's from you. So I will follow. Step by step. Believing that you'll provide what I need step by step. Let's do it. In Jesus' name, amen.